0: And people are asking questions about, okay, but really, how does this work? What if I I think I'm hearing from God and I'm journaling it and I get a specific direction? How do I know? How do I know that this is God? (laughs) And, you know, that is a very, very important question. We need to discern what we are thinking and what we are hearing. And I want to encourage us that that is, um, in the end, the fundamental question, how do I know that it is from God? And what we're going to look at again today is to get confirmation from God. But in the end, it's, it's based on those fundamental foundations that I shared with us throughout this series. And what I'm hoping that you have heard throughout this whole series is these important facts that Firstly, the primary way God speaks is through His Word, the Bible. The Bible is, is God's truth given to us, the, the written word, the, the Logos. It is true for everyone, everywhere, at every, every point in time. It, it doesn't matter whether people believe it or not, it is true. The story it tells us of how God had created. The universe, there I use that word again, universe, but the universe (laughs) and the earth and creation and mankind in His image and likeness. And then the story of how the fall came through sin and rebellion of man. But the the whole story of the Bible of God's thing, His plan for redemption through Jesus Christ, it is true. And, And I want to emphasize that. That you cannot expect to hear from God in a specific direction of your life or to provide you signs and wonders or confirmations for things if you're not in the Word of God. Like, you cannot expect that. Like, He might, he might be doing certain things, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to guarantee you the majority of the time it's going to be to lead you back to Him to sit at His feet and to hear what He says through His Word. That is what He wants for us. And, and if there's anything that you've heard and, and I hope if, if you don't take anything from this, maybe it is a call back just to that, that you have the conviction that that is where I need to go back to, to spend time with Jesus. But then I shared very importantly that any guidance that you receive from God, any direction, any prompting, any revelation, any thought or feeling that is in that Realm of, it's a rhema word. I distinguish very clearly between the logos word, the written word, and a rhema word that Jesus uses that rhema to describe in Matthew 4.4. 4, when he says, man shall not live of bread alone, but every word, every rhema that comes from the mouth of God. If you receive that, it cannot contradict scripture. It cannot contradict scripture. It cannot go against what God has already said to us. So it might be a revelation, it might be something new and personal to you, but if it's not in line with God's word, it is most probably not from God. And I'm actually going to say it's definitely not from God, because if it contradicts what He has already said, you cannot trust it. You can't trust that thought or feeling. And the way I want to quickly illustrate this, I was thinking about, This example, how I can illustrate what what I mean by this, because I still think some people, when they hear me talking about hearing God's voice, they seem to think that it is a literal audible voice. It could very well be. Hey, Wayne Penner, you you and uh, Heather have experienced that. But the majority of the time, like I said last week, it is the still small voice. And how God does that is through His written word and by His Holy Spirit, He then speaks into our hearts and through our minds and brings to remembrance what His will is. And it's that still small voice. And the way I want to illustrate this of why I believe it is important is through this example in my life. When I was in grade 8, in high school, I played rugby. Okay, being a South African, I grew up in uh, in a school and in a cultural context where rugby was everything. Right, like if you got to play rugby, and so from the age of nine, I started playing rugby. Uh, and in grade eight, I went through a phase where I wasn't sure if I was going to go full out for it because we started playing with cleats and it felt dangerous. What if someone? You know, kicks me in the face with this cleat and it, you know, and I was, I was just not sure. But then some friends of mine halfway through the season encouraged me to join in again. And I started practicing with the team and it was fantastic because the team gave me structure. There was team protocol. There, there was a team practice time between three and five in the afternoons. You had to be on time. You had to be be dressed and ready to warm up before 3 p.m. already. Otherwise, you were in trouble. Otherwise, you would either sit out for uh, some fun activities in the practice, or you would not have the privilege to play that Saturday, and you would maybe be on the bench. But everyone that joined in with the team knew that there was overall the overarching rules and guidelines of how to play the game of rugby, how the coaching system worked, how the plays worked, and we abided by it. It it was for everyone that wanted to be on that team. So if you wanted to play that game, you had to adhere to those rules and guidelines and respect it and trust it. And for me, that's kind of like a picture of how I see that is God's word. If you're on Jesus' team, He's given us His Word to instruct us. He's given us His Word to guide us. He's given us His Word and the revelation of Jesus so that we can be in relationship with Jesus. Everything that we look for in life, He has been given to to us. But on one occasion when I had been chosen to play a specific position in that team. I was chosen to, or picked for number 10. It's called fly half here in Canada. I think they call it standoff. If you don't know what rugby is and you're more familiar with NFL, it's kind of like a quarterback position, okay? Similar to that. But I was picked to, to play that position by the coach. And on one specific day after a coaching session. He spent some additional time after the session with me working on a skill. I think it was a kicking skill. I can't exactly remember what it was. And he was putting in extra time with me. And I can't exactly remember word for word what he said, but one thing that he did say to me I can remember was this, that Rudy, you are a very talented player. And I'm going to make you the best fly off, the best number 10 this school has ever seen. Out of nowhere, he said this to me. Now, listen, at that moment, what it spoke into my life, I will share that a little bit later on at the end of the sermon. But it spoke into so many situations because here this coach was telling me that he believed in me. And that he had picked me for his team for a specific purpose. And that he he saw a future for me. And I want to compare that to that rhema word again. This year in God. I believe God does that for his children. Just like any parent knows, if you've got two kids, three kids, five kids, seven kids, like yes, you can't. Treat everyone exactly the same because they differ. There's an overarching guidelines and rules for your house. But you know, there are times where you have to speak into the individual person's life and speak words of encouragement and give them direction and guidance in a, a way that only God knows how, okay? And that is how I would compare it to that hearing the still small voice. And that is why I believe it is important. Because if we trust God to actually speak into our lives and be alive, if Jesus is alive, His Spirit is alive, how can we not believe that He is still speaking to us in that way? (laughs) It it baffles me, right? Um, And I I believe it's important for three purposes. I don't don't have it up there on the screen, but it's so that Jesus can be Lord and King, I believe. If He is Lord and King, He's going to speak to you and He's going to, draw you in close so that you will come to know that you're a child of God, that, that He is a loving Father. So it is about Jesus being Lord and King, God being a Father and then, so that the Spirit can direct you. It's threefold. Jesus as King and Lord, God as Father, and the Spirit as our Counselor, our Guide. I was reminded of a verse, I think it's in Romans 8 verse 16. It says, as many are led by the Spirit of God, those those are the children of God. And if you're a child of God, we are supposed to be led by the Spirit. Okay. I just really felt I wanted to communicate that clearly and make that. uh, I I hope it's helpful, that illustration. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm going to throw up there John 15 verse 5. This is our theme verse for this series. This is our goal. We want to bear good fruit. We want to remain in Jesus. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And we want to be all about Jesus' work, all about Jesus' fruit that he is looking for in the lives of his children. And so, for that purpose, our message title today will be A Balanced Approach to Hearing God. And I'm just going to look at one point, and that is, what what is a good balance in listening for God's direction? And now again, this is specifically in guidance and direction for your life. Okay? Okay. Big questions, big decisions that have to be made. We have to consider it. We have to get confirmation when God calls us to do something really big. Because the mission of God is a big mission. It is, you know, make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And He does call us for for those works. It's not... To be in relationship with Him that He he calls us those works to do. But it's because of the relationship. If we come to know Him, He's got something for us to do in His kingdom. Okay. Now, before we carry on, I just want to pray and ask God for help. So, yeah, let's just pray. Father, I thank You for this morning. I thank You for those who are online and, and listening. And Father, I just come and ask by Your Spirit come and help come and teach us and lead us lord come and speak to your people for we are listening in jesus name i pray amen okay the first point there a balance in listening for god's direction once again when you're listening for direction and having to make a big decision having to move to a different town, to a different country. Maybe you've got the prompting on your heart that you've heard about the, the COVID situation in India and how people are dying on the sidewalks. And all of a sudden you're stirred by that and you feel like, who's sharing the gospel with these people? Because people are dying like flies. And we know the ultimate, the ultimate pandemic that is there in the world that has been there since the fall is sin that's the greatest pandemic that we forget about it looks like in our day and age and so we we forget that unless people hear the gospel they are lost so if you for example have something like that how do you know that that is God putting that in your heart that's a big decision and so the first thing that I want to say on this balance of listening for God's direction in a big decision like that is listening for guidance must not replace Bible study. Okay, that's the first thing. So if I get a big decision that I have to make, I need to go in and look at, okay, what is this purpose? If, if it is a big decision that I have to make, if it is for work purposes, for providing for my family like, what is God saying to me through His Word about that? How does He want me to provide for my family? How does He want to guide us in terms of the specific industry that I'm in? But primarily, I have to make sure that whatever it is that I'm directed in, that I'm first hearing from God through His written Word. And so what I'm hearing cannot replace Bible study. There was a uh, research done by Barner. In 2019, and it found again this, this problem we have in the West, Bible illiteracy. We have got so many resources, so much right now media. We have all the Bible apps, all the Bible reading plans. But only 35% of the people that they uh, did the survey with, only 35% of those Christians actually read their Bibles every day. Just over a third. And that is, that's devastating because people walk around and they're not sure what God is saying or speaking into their lives. And so it's evident then that they seem to be without direction because they are not in the light or the lamp, as the word says, uh, for their feet. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you are in the Word of God, the Word of God will teach you. It will rebuke you through the, the Holy Spirit's conviction. And as I said, that that voice is always calling you back. It's not condemning, but it is Affirming, it is encouraging, but it corrects and trains us. The Holy Spirit does that through the Word of God. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your Word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And so, what I'm hearing and what I'm listening for and what, and what I'm feeling called to needs to be directed by the Word of God because the Word of God is the lamp. Our feet, it shows us the direction, it encourages us to trust in God with whatever situation I'm in. I believe that if our lives conform to the general counsels of God for His people, as it is given to us through the Bible, then you know you are already in on, on good ground that's solid ground. You are well situated in God's general and moral will for your lives, but. In addition to that, if we receive specific guidance or direction and a word of God concerning a specific matter, then we also know we're perfectly in God's specific will. In His specific will, because God has a specific plan on your life. God calls you to be a child of God. To be in his family, you are now in his family, a child of God. That's your identity in Christ. But then there is a calling he has for you. And that is very important because, once again, what you feel called to do and the direction you're being called in cannot contradict what God has already said in his word. Okay, so that's very important. Bible study. Second one when it comes to a balance to hearing God's word is that listening for guidance from God through listening prayer must not replace good counsel. Must not replace good counsel. God has designed His church in such a way that we need others around us for wisdom and guidance. God has equipped His church with specific gifts. People have gifts to be able to speak words of encouragement and wisdom and knowledge, and prophecy. You know, I'm not going (laughs) to make excuses anymore in my life for the fact that I believe that the Holy Spirit has equipped people with a gift to discern God's voice and to prophesy, to actually speak into specific situations. It's all over the New Testament. I'm going to give you a couple of examples there out of the book of Acts again. There's There's no reason to believe that Those giftings and the working of the Holy Spirit stopped. But back to that point of the the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16 talks about, you know, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Yes, as an individual, you have the Holy Spirit And if you are in the word of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are renewing your mind not to be conformed to this world, as it says in Romans 12, verse 2. But think about how much more we have the mind of Christ corporately coming together, listening together around certain issues. Proverbs 11, verse 14 says, Where there is no guidance, all people fall, but in an abundance of counselors there is safety. And it's not necessarily about the abundance abundance of counselors that all give the same word or direction as you had heard. But the more people that you're able to listen to, it will become apparent what is the the best way according to God's will. Because not everyone is always going to agree with you. Okay, That's That's just a fact. And it is very important who these counselors are, <laughs> because we we tend to um, we tend to run to the people who's going to tell us what we want to hear. <laughs> we do that. We tend to run to the preachers that that preach to what our ears want to hear. Paul said that that was going to what was going to happen. Okay. And what I want to share here, out of Acts thirteen, verse two to three is the ideal situation, what you want to see happen in the church. We as a church, like I would love to see us move in this direction. It says there, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, this is now at the church in Antioch, they were worshipping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Look at that life. What I see there is it's a lifestyle. There's worship. There is prayer. There is fasting. It's a culture. It's an expectation that, listen, the Holy Spirit can tell us at any moment to direct us into something for the kingdom of God. And and then we see that happening. And so it's very important that when you have a prompting or some kind of direction that your are sensing God is calling you into, that you share that with those who are speaking into your life. That you are able to share that in your community group. That you are able to, if you're married, that there is confirmation and unity between you and your spouse. Because you are one flesh. And I'd like to emphasize that that if you know those of us that are married and have children, or not even have children yet, it's so important that whatever God is prompting you in, that that is shared with your spouse, and that you pray together about it, and that there is unity. That God speaks to both of you, because if you're one flesh and you're worshiping the same God. He will speak to both of you on the issue. If you're single, okay, your best counselor is the Holy Spirit, first of all, okay? Um, But you need to find and surround yourself with people that are able to listen and, and give wisdom to you. Now, the best example I could think of of where we see how important it is, first and foremost, that I... And that you personally have a clear conviction that you have heard from God. I found in the book of Acts again with the Apostle Paul. We know that the Apostle Paul had an encounter with Jesus, a revelation from Jesus. An amazing life where he was at one stage persecuting the church and turned and became, after Jesus, the most influential person in the history of Christianity. And in Acts 20 and 21, we get a picture of how Paul had such a strong word from God and knew what the Spirit was telling him. Because he had gone on multiple missionary journeys, and then he traveled back towards Jerusalem. He felt compelled, it says, in Acts 20 verse 22, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen, happen to me there. So he, he senses the direction God is calling him into. Go back to Jerusalem. He doesn't know exactly how it's going to work out. Then he travels back, travels through Caesarea. There he stays with Philip the Evangelist, the same Philip from Acts 8, who had four daughters who prophesied. But then they gather there, and there's another prophet that comes up. Agabus. We have heard of Agabus, the the prophet that comes from Judea. And we read in Acts 21, verses 10 to 14, the following. After we had been there, this is now Luke writing. After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. Freaky. eh? Takes Paul's belt. I don't know how he did it, tying his own hands and feet. (laughs) How did he do it? Weird. Okay. And when we heard this, it says, We and the people, they pleaded with Paul not to go to Jerusalem. All of a sudden, people hear what's going to happen. Now, listen to this. They are distraught, okay, upset. But then Paul answered, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I'm ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, The Lord's will be done. Isn't that fascinating? Now, for me, that is that is speaking of such a strong conviction. He was, of course, listening to other people. And they, of course, were very sad. It's it's like when Jesus was talking about the fact that he had to die on the cross. And we know that the people didn't understand it. They didn't want to see that happen. They didn't understand the calling of the Messiah. But here again, we see people wanting to tell him: listen, this is craziness. You're going to die. But he had such a strong sense of what God had said. And so I want to say sometimes you're not necessarily going to find the the clear confirmation through counsel from people. But it has to be a very clear word. You have to be absolutely sure and certain that it is correlating with the Bible. And that if if you have a spouse and your family that... They are in with you in what God is calling you to do. And you know what? The fruit was there. If you look at Paul's life, because if it wasn't for that, if he didn't go to Jerusalem, he would not have gone to Rome to be trialed and executed. And if he had never gone to Rome, I'm pretty sure God would have found a plan, right? Like to spread the gospel. But like, just think about that. There would not have been the Apostle Paul's ministry because he knew he had to get to Rome. Rome was the, the, the epicenter of the, the empire of the world. They, they ruled. And, and through Rome, the gospel message would be spread. And what, a, what an example there. And now, lastly, on this note of receiving confirmation then, a balanced approach. So just to restate that, hearing God does not override Bible study. You have to be in the Word. You have to receive counsel. But you have, there needs to be careful consideration with, with decisions because, you know, you're not always going to find people being on board and, with what you're saying. But if they know God's heart, they will give in to God's will like we see there in the book of Acts. But then this last one, receiving confirmation. It is important that we seek confirmation, but we don't. Use our faith and hearing God and the Bible and the the fact that the Holy Spirit speaks. Like many people use it as an eight ball Christianity. Should I do this? Should I do that? You know, shake the eight ball. That's not how it works. That is, that's witchcraft type of stuff. Okay, that's not what God is calling us into. God is calling us into to step out in faith for what He is calling us to do. An example of this is in Exodus 3, verses 11 to 12. We see the the burning bush situation with Moses. And Moses had many excuses to say no to what God was calling him for. It says in verses 11 to 12, Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you, that it is I who have sent you. Now listen to this carefully. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. God says the sign is going to be that you're going to do it. God says this will be the sign. You're going to come to this mountain, and then you will worship. Then you will know. God's response to Moses is calling him to step out in faith and, and actually you know, after every excuse, God kind of like becomes just very impatient with Moses, right? But it is it's painting that picture of God wants us to step out in faith. And I want to say that the confirmations that we ask God for needs to be in faith as we step out in faith. It is not, I want to put up there... I think, um, I'm not sure if I changed that up there, uh, Daryl. Do I have that Gideon's fleece? I think the next screen, Gideon's fleece. In in Judges 6, we read the situation of where God raises up a judge, Gideon. Okay, And God promises that he's going to deliver his people, Israel, through Gideon. And Gideon, of course, says, okay, God, if this is true, I'm going to put out a fleece here on this threshing floor, and then the dew is going to come, but... Show me that this is really from you. If the, if the dew is not, if it's, if it's wet on the fleece and it's dry on the, gr- the ground, I will know. Then I will do it. God does it. And then Gideon says again, okay, hold on, hold on. Let's do this again. I'm going to put up my fleece again. Let the dew be around the fleece and the fleece be dry. And God shows him that, yes, I have promised you this. And many people do that. They exercise this fleece thing. And I want to tell you, you know, God is faithful and He's gracious. And I have done that too before, but that is actually not the best example to step out in faith because Gideon is looking for those little tests or placing those things there in order for him to first start stepping out in faith. And I want to End off here with, just again, that example that I shared in our lives before we moved to Squamish, right? Um, Remember how I shared last week that, you know, John and I made the decision to to move to Squamish, and God gave me a a word out of Isaiah 50 verse 7 that said, you're going to set your face like flint. You're going to have to be very focused. Now, I was I was asked by Jeff about that this week, and he asked me. So listen, you had that word that God gave you, so that that kind of like indicates that you didn't, you know, trust people or not trust people's counsel. But you, you know, people were saying no, you shouldn't move. I just want to be clear. It was not that people said you shouldn't move. I just want to be clear if that's something that I communicated. But our counsel we received, our prayer times that we had with church leaders, they were mixed messages. Okay, some people were saying, listen, yeah, this is clear. Some people were distraught. They were like, in, in Paul's case, they were like sad to see us go. Other friends were saying, you know, you're moving to Squamish Whistler, man, that's crazy. And other people were saying, listen, go, go, this is of God. And so what that word for me was, to, to me personally, was about God saying, do not be swayed by people's emotions. Like this is going to be hard. You have to be focused because this is what I'm calling you for. But I want to quickly list there for you just the steps that we took in faith, and then we saw God confirming it more and more. Well, how the process started was, of course, is I found out that The Rock Church was affiliated with the C2C Church Planting Network. And God had spoken in 2015, 2016 to me about church planting, and I did a church planting assessment. And I had this crazy idea of doing ministry through a coffee shop, a rock climbing wall. I didn't know how it worked. Okay. And then I found the Rock Church in Squamish affiliated with C2C. Little encouragement. I'm like, man, this this is interesting. Then I sent an email to Glenn about who I was, where I was from, and my whole journey and story with C2C. He responded, of course, yes. Great, Rudy. (laughs) Okay. It's great to hear from you. Let's keep praying. Little encouragement like that, okay. This is a this is received kind of like encouraging, and then after some time and after sharing this with John and praying about it, it led to us visiting Squamish. And then when we visited Squamish and we visited the Rock Church, all of a sudden we didn't know about it. Here is the Rock Church, and they own a coffee shop. And lo and behold, I didn't know how big rock climbing was in Squamish. And so little encouragements like that, I'm like, okay, this looks like a god, Uh, okay? And then there was the possibility of Jean, of course, practicing as a doctor here, anesthesia possibility. But very interestingly, there wasn't any work for her in that line or as a GP when we made the decision. And then after we made the decision to move to Squamish, all of a sudden, there was an opportunity at the one practice here in town. All of a sudden, after time, there came opportunity more and more for anesthesia for her to to do in that practice. And then God started filling in just the blanks, right? Like we found a place to rent. Uh, I didn't have, we we moved here eventually in September of 2018. I didn't have a job. For the first month in September, we were like, what are we doing here, God? And then Nick and Jeff approached, approached me To say, our baker has uh, given us a week's or two weeks' notice. Are you willing to bake? (laughs) Then I started baking. Okay? But uh, what I'm sharing here is just little steps, confirmations, out of faith. And that is how God confirmed it all the way. And and my main point is that as we step out of faith, God, God wants us to act in belief and faith to what He is calling us for. Not disbelief. Or unbelief. Matthew 12, verse 39. Jesus said this about when we just ask for signs. He says, a wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign. And that was to the Pharisees who wanted, just show us another sign. Then we'll believe. Then we'll believe you're the Messiah. But no, God wants us to trust Him and have faith in Him. But it is important. The the big idea is this. The bigger the decision is, yes, the more things have to be weighed, the more confirmation is needed, the more we need to have trust in what God has spoken. I want to conclude here with that picture that I shared with you, that story of my rugby coach. When he spoke that, Personal encouragement into me when he said, "Listen, Rudy, I'm gonna make you the best number ten the school has ever seen." Listen, I don't think I was the best number ten in the end. Like I played rugby for that coach for five years. I played two years in grade eleven, grade twelve in the first team. That's like the the most senior team in the school. I I was definitely not the best player in the history of that school. But you know what? What he said to me that day had such a big impact because he would not have known what the situation in my house was at that stage. In that year, that specific moment, our house situation was chaotic. My mother was psychotic. She had to be certified, and, and she was in the, one of the biggest psychiatric hospitals in South Africa to receive treatment. My father was drinking, and together with that, in a crazy, bipolar, manic stage. Um, In the middle of that winter, my dad had sold all of our furniture to get money so that he could start up a business that we had a lot of faith in and trust in, but it just in the end failed. We lost our apartment that we were living in because my dad wasn't paying the rent. And so my brother and I had to live with my sister for three months. And so in the middle of that time, this coach spoke something into my heart that, hey, I see something in you. I believe in you. And he, he didn't know that situation in my life because I would never share that with anyone at school other than maybe a very close friend. But you know what? It, it called me for something greater. It helped me believe that You know what? There is hope beyond my current situation. There is hope. And Jesus does that too. Jesus says, listen, there is hope. Listen to my voice. Hear my gentle whisper. I'm calling you to place your hope in me. I am the hope. I am the way. I am the truth and the life. And maybe today is that day that God is going to Speak that into your heart and whatever your situation is. And I trust He wants to do that. And, and so we're going to do that again. We have been doing that here for the last three weeks. We're going to spend time in listening. Let's listen together. Let's listen to what God is, is saying. We're going to move into some practicum, just listening time here. And it's specifically listening for direction and guidance in your life. The first step that I want us to put up there is the first question to answer is: has God ever given you some direction before? And I put it up there an example as maybe He has prompted you to speak to someone about your faith. Has that happened before? And have you ever received direction in response to a specific question maybe that you asked God? I'm just going to give you time to answer those questions there. Okay, you can come back to those questions. Um, I just want to share step two with with you, and we're going to leave step two up on the screen while we're going to play some music and for us to listen. But with step two, I've put up there a list of various topics or categories in our lives. Okay, And it's about asking God to give you direction for one of these areas in your life. Maybe you need assurance of salvation. Maybe today is the day that you ask God, God, come and just assure me that I am your child. Um, Walking with God, like character, holiness, your state of the relationship with Him. Family life. Asking God about what, what is it that He wants to see happen in your family life. What to do on your time off. That's a big one. If Jesus is king, does he get to direct your time off, your playtime, finances, exercise, recreation, diet, healing, evangelism, your devotional life, ministry calling and gift development, marriage, other relationships, time management or scheduling, and then business or career and work. And then after that, you know, you're going to, whatever God directs you and you're going to ask for confirmation. You're going to ask, like, Lord, show me how to do this. Show me that this is of you. And then there is, of course, Hearing God Homework on the website, and we will share it on the chat function again. But let's spend some time. Daryl, if you can leave it there on that step two page where there's a list of these areas. And we're going to play some music And let's spend some time there. Um, Could you find it? Great. (laughs) Okay, so let's do that. The music is going to play. Let's journal. And let's wait and see what God speaks to you. Uh, we hope and trust that you enjoyed that time with the Lord, but we want to encourage you when we worship now and, and after we've worshiped with this last song, please carry on that discussion with the Lord, or, or maybe it looks like just staying in that posture during the worship uh, song, and uh, and this will hopefully become something that becomes a regular part of your your life and sanctification in the Holy Spirit and in your relationship with Jesus. And yeah, I want to thank you for these uh, last four Sundays in which we have worked through this series. And I look forward to what God is going to do with it. And specifically in tonight, we have that prayer time at 7 p.m. I want to encourage you to join in with that. Please let us know on that chat function or just send your community group and message so that they can get in contact with me if you do not have the Zoom link and we will supply it to you. Let us worship and uh, yeah, enjoy this time with the Lord and the the week that's lying ahead.